Hello, and welcome to our podcast for generations in family business, past, present, and future. Our hosts for this podcast are myself, Tim Schuster, and I'm a manager in the Center for Family Business Excellence. And our other host today is... Hello, I'm Matt Kirzner, and I'm a senior manager at the Center for Family Business Excellence. Matt, it's great to see you, as always, sir. You as well. Happy New Year, Tim. Happy New Year to you, you as well. You. And Happy New Year to the listeners who will listen to this podcast. To continue on our conversation of the diagnostic model for human resource management, you know, we discussed in our last podcast the external and internal environmental influences. We are now going to continue the conversation on human resource process. So let's start by discussing um, acquiring human resources. Great. So there's four areas of the human resource process, and the first one is acquiring human mm -hmm. resources. So that's really finding talent. Yep. Right? You want to make sure that you have the right people in the right place. And I've mentioned this many times, times in the past. Yes, right? absolutely. But I can't stress that enough. When you're working with family businesses, the culture of a family business or a tightly held business, it's critical to have the right people in place. Yeah. It comes to acquiring human resources, there's a whole methodology of, you know, what is the job that they're going to do? How long does it take? How much experience do they need to have? What's the skills, knowledge, and ability? Yep. That type of stuff. I use behavior-based uh, interviewing and using a model that really could help find the right fit. I also encourage people to take assessments, right? If the employer or the organization to give assessments to find out if the, the individuals who are applying for the jobs have a nice fit for the organization mm -hmm. and the culture of the family. Um, so that's really important. So acquiring it is to have the people um, there, there yep. and, and ready to go and, and, you know, making sure that you identify your key positions within an organization regarding succession planning, mm -hmm. that if anybody leaves, you can look internally who you have to get ready, or do you need to go outside to bring external people in? That so acquiring sense. human resources is a huge part of bringing talent in to make sure that you have a nice, diverse group of people that could add impact to the organization. I think that makes sense to me. So let's start with the second one now. Let's talk about rewarding human resources. Yeah, great. So when we say rewarding human resources, it's really twofold. It's rewarding and recognizing. And once you have employees that are working for you, and you know, you have your workforce, you have to, you know, incentivize them. You have to motivate them um, to continue doing the job that they're doing. It's more than just a paycheck, mm -hmm. right? Now, I always say when I'm working with leadership, family leaders, or just leaders in general, that you could recognize somebody for doing a good job. So, for example, I can say, you know, Tim, you know, the work that you did last week was unbelievable. I really appreciate it. The value that it added, not only to me, but to the department and the organization was outstanding. And let me tell you some specifics mm -hmm. of what went really well. One, two, three, right? It, That's recognition. And it's amazing too, especially coming from an employee's perspective, hearing that really, I mean, you may not realize how much of an impact that has, but it really does have an impact on an employee hearing that they did a good job, you know, and what they did well at, you know, and then it helps them excel in their career and helps the business as well. Correct. Mm -hmm. And there's no cost to recognition. Right. right. So you could recognize somebody without giving them a monetary reward. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing that I have to educate leaders on is you cannot give a reward without the recognition. Again, you can give recognition without a reward, but you cannot give a reward without the recognition. Here's an example. How many employees actually get dissatisfied or scratch their head when they get a bonus check or they get an increase or they get a gift card, but they're not getting an explanation of why, why they they're it. getting it? Yeah. Or the organization just gives a flat 2.5% increase 
and a percentage, everybody gets the same percentage of a variable comp mm -hmm. or a, an incentive. That's a reward, has a monetary value. By the way, that could be a cup of coffee, a movie ticket, a gas card. Where I'm going with this is anything that has a monetary value to it is a reward. Yeah. So you can give recognition without giving a monetary value, but you can't give a reward without that recognition. Makes sense, makes right? sense. But going back to the model, there has to be some type of system in place to really recognize those who go above and beyond the organization. So they are modeling the behavior that you want and others can see that they are actually getting some type of recognition and reward, which will lead others to say, how can I get involved? Makes sense. How can I get engaged? To the next step or whatever they need to do in order to get that Correct. point. Now, one of the things that I'm not going to get into in this podcast is some specifics of how to recognize and how to reward. But we do introduce a model of what's called the what and why, what went well, and why. Yeah, right? Why it's sense. important to the organization. So it's, it's a simple model that we, we teach managers and supervisors and directors and leadership on how to recognize and reward. That makes sense. We'll talk about that on one of our shows in a, in a future segment, we, per se. It, there's, a lot to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, there's a lot of discussion around that area. Sounds great. Good. So, Matt, let's now discuss developing human resources. Yes, great one, Tim. So once you now bring in the right talent into the organization and you have a system to recognize them, you absolutely want to find out what I call a path of progression for them. Right? What, how are they going to progress in their in their current role, and how do you get them ready for the next step? Mm -hmm. Right, especially when we talk about succession planning and retirement of individuals, especially if you have long tenured employees, how do you develop your folks, cross train them, and get them ready for the next phase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really doing a, a, what I call a leadership training and development gap analysis, finding out what individual strengths are, what their areas of opportunities are, looking at the gap and then putting a training plan together for them. I call that what's called a path of progression. Mm -hmm. Now you could be in the same position that you're currently doing now, but if we're trying to get you ready for a future position, how do we give you stretch assignments, give you some formal training, some informal mentoring or formal mentoring on the job training to give you the tools that are needed to get ready for the next step. That's what we mean by developing human resources. That makes sense. And mm -hmm. to discuss the last of the um, human resource processes, mm -hmm. you know, let's discuss maintaining and protecting human resources. That, that has a couple different things to it, right? So one, safety. We want employees to go home the same way they came to yeah, work, right? Yeah, yeah, safely, yeah. Yeah. right? Work safely. So we want to make sure that they have the tools, the equipment, the education, so they're being safe at what they do for themselves and for others. Another thing with maintaining and protecting human resources is policies and procedures. Do you have a proper handbook that explains everything? Do you have all the policies that back up the information that's in the handbook? We want to make sure that you are doing things in a way that is uh, maintaining someone's self-esteem, mm -hmm. and by doing that is everybody's being treated fairly, firmly, and consistently. That makes sense. And that is when policies and procedures need to be written down. Yep. The key thing here to remember when you're dealing with a family business, a lot of information, especially when it goes from generation to generation within an organization, family or non-family, is usually done through what I call tribal knowledge. Mm -hmm. You got to get that tribal knowledge one, make sure you're compliant with the laws and regulations, and then you have to make sure that you're memorializing it, date it, and then when are you going to look at it again to see if it needs to be updated? The worst thing you can do is have tribal knowledge and then find out that supervisors, managers, directors, even family members are being treated differently 
because people are interpreting things because they have nothing to look at. Right, right, exactly. They're just right. taking it what they assume is correct, and there's no consistency factor there at all. Right. That makes sense. So to kind of wrap this up, you know, how can we link all of this to the strategic roadmap? Yeah, great, great question. So for those uh, who are listening to this podcast, we've done podcasts regarding strategic uh, roadmaps, which really gets into the mission, vision, values, and you know the objectives that the organization wants to uh, go in. And then there's three major pillars, right? There's business development, how you're gonna grow the business, the revenue, how you're gonna operate efficiently, and then you have the people bucket, right? The third bucket is people. First of all, for any of those three major areas, it's very critical. But if you take a look at the people side, that's when you're getting into it, right? People is having the right people in the right place. So that's acquiring human resources. How do you develop them? The path of progression, the whole succession planning. How do you know when people are ready, mm -hmm. right? So this really links into knowing who you have, knowing the skill sets that they have, what are they lacking, and how do you backfill with either internal people or external people? Here's an example. When I'm working with family-owned businesses and I'm working with the owners, it's very common when I talk to a CEO, a COO, a CFO, it could be a director, but they're family members. They literally rise up in the morning and work until they fall down. Yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah, don't yeah. work your standard 40 nine hours a week, yes. nine to five. They work, they go home, then they work some more. So when you start talking about, you know, somebody who's going to retire or transition or leave the business and they're the owner, right? They're still going to be the owner, but mm -hmm. they're no longer going to work. Usually I find out that one job that they're doing, it's not one job. It actually, you might have to find three people to replace that one job. So when you're getting into acquiring and you're working with the family business, you can't just think, oh, you know what? I'm retiring. I'm going to find a, another CEO, another me, another me. Yeah. but then all of a sudden you peel away what that me does. Mm -hmm. They are, you know, the strategic thinker. They actually are the doer mm -hmm. and you know what if you look at six o'clock in the morning don't be surprised if you see a broom in their hand and they're sweeping yeah the shop right floor, exactly yeah exactly right? exactly because they have a lot of pride in what they do yeah that's when you really have to look at this and how this is linked to the strategic roadmap when you're looking at future resource needs you can't just say it's a one for one makes sense right? that makes sense so that's how it's kind of linked and then you want to make sure that the initiatives and projects specifically if you're going to look to do a merger or an acquisition or you're gonna to look to grow a certain department or a segment of your business, you really have to look at your HR practices and figure out how are you going to staff those? How are you gonna resource those? How are you going to add skill sets, specifically when you're going into an area that might be adding to your portfolio of business, but you don't have that skill set today? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That's how it is linked. Matt, let me tell you, we love it. Thank you so much for coming here today. We really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to Generations and Family Business, Past, Present, and Future, as part of the Eisner Amper podcast series. If you have any questions or there's a topic you'd like us to cover, email us at contact at eisneramper.com. Visit eisneramper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. We look forward to have you listen in on our next Eisner Amper podcast.